Welcome to Tax Notes Talk, a podcast from Tax Notes, the leading source of tax news, information, and analysis. Hello from Mumbai. This is Tax Notes Talk. Welcome to the podcast. I'm David Stewart, Editor-in-Chief of Worldwide Tax Daily. This week, a view from India. I'm here in Mumbai for the Foundation for International Taxation Conference, and I took this opportunity to sit down with Porus Kaka, the former president of the International Fiscal Association. We talked about a range of issues, from India's new approach to permanent establishment to the effects the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is having on U.S. trading partners. Porus, thank you for being here. Pleasure. Um, let's start with uh, an overview of, of what's happening in India and taxation these days. Well, I think the uh, two things that spring immediately to mind would be the new amendment that India made in its laws this February, which was perhaps the first digital P in the world. We call it significant economic presence. It's now legislated into domestic law. There are thresholds beyond which if you cross in terms of users or interactions on a digital space, you would be chargeable to tax in India. Those thresholds have yet not been set and discussions are going on, but we do have the legislation in place. So this is a significant expansion of India's domestic tax law and extraterritoriality. And the second is that there are government is continuing to work on trying to bring about a completely new direct tax code. And there is a report of the committee that's expected in February. I don't know whether this will ever get enacted, because if I look at the past, we've had at least four committees, and every time the committee has made the recommendation, either the government has fallen or the parliament has changed. Okay, so so clearly some challenges ahead for them. Yes. Turning back to the, the significant economic presence, would that be similar to this digital PE concept that's being talked about in Europe? Absolutely. So it's it's a new criteria by which we define what we call as a business connection with India. And once you cross that, you will be chargeable to tax in India. You have to comply with transfer pricing, attribution, etc. principles. Those thresholds are sales, those thresholds are users, etc., etc., which are in our domestic law, but they haven't yet been settled. And I hope they do take some care in ensuring that we do not tax the small players because currently, if you look at the threshold in the equalization levy, which is a little more than 1000 US dollars, is an extremely small threshold. Uh, now explain the, uh, the equalization levy. What is that? That's a tax wherein any person who advertises online as an advertiser from India is required to deduct tax at source allegedly from the advertiser, but the way it works is actually it's grossed up and mostly it has become a charge on the Indian companies. What happens is anyone who engages in online advertising and the recipient does not have a permanent establishment in India is required to pay this tax. Let's look at uh, India's participation in the, in the BEPS project. The OECD has completed most of the reports uh, over the last few years. Have the concerns of India and countries similarly situated, have they been answered by the OECD's project? Well, I think India was relatively an enthusiastic participant in this project and I think has taken on board mostly many of the recommendations. I think it had some concerns on mandatory arbitration, which was eventually removed from, from as a part of the project. 
But when I look at India's concerns, I think they're much larger than just BEPS. I mean, BEPS was an issue on double non-taxation with, with tax havens, etc., etc. But I think India is looking at rewriting some of the, uh, how should I say, the tax-sharing rules globally, rewriting the definition of permanent establishment, perhaps, rewriting the source rules, perhaps a little bit more in favor of the source jurisdiction. And that's much larger than BEPS. And I'm sure that those concerns are still out there. Do you see a potential consensus uh, that there's this tension between the market jurisdictions and the the residence jurisdictions? Do you see a resolution to that tension where the OECD could reach a new consensus? Well, that's a very interesting question because the way I look at perhaps, and this is also the chatter that I've heard even from some other people, is that the new U.S. administration looks upon U.S. also as a market jurisdiction. And Mm -hmm. when it looks upon U.S. as a market jurisdiction, it is in fact changing perhaps some of its stand, which is bringing it a little bit more in line with, say, the developing world. Let me give you an example. The U.S. is totally opposed to a current digital services tax or a digital P, etc., etc. But some of the comments that I saw just yesterday coming out from Chip Harper, etc., talking about marketing intangibles, which could be located in the source jurisdiction, is a different way of looking at the market being a base for tax, etc., or a value creation element. So I think that there are certain voices or there are certain things on which synergies could be built significantly even between, say, a China and an India and the United States currently. So you, since you mentioned the, uh, the digital services tax, let's move on to the taxation of the digital economy in general. There's, this is sort of a follow-on to the BEPS project at the OECD, but other countries are moving ahead more quickly, as you, you mentioned, uh, some work that India is doing on this. Where do you see this project going? Where do you see this going at the OECD and beyond there? Well, strange that you use the word follow on because this was actually action plan number one. So this was supposed to be the first part of BEPS that was supposed to be done. And I think action one, to be fair, there was no consensus. I could say there was a disappointment, but at least there was no consensus. So OECD couldn't carry it forward. So I think this is a critical part of the BEPS work that's going on. And uh, I don't see it as a follow on. 2019 is going to be critical for this work. I think there are huge amount of countries which are clamoring for some action on this front. The EU, the majority, seems to be in favor. Of course, there is perhaps Sweden, Ireland, Germany to a certain extent holding out on the digital services tax. As far as India goes, with the equalization levy and the significant economic presence, we have already legislated. So domestic law is there. The treaty provisions haven't come in. And there is a growing, I think, insistence on the world to change the tax laws to take note of the new business model. And 2019 will be critical perhaps for the OECD if we we do not wish to have more unilateral actions, which I think will only result in double taxation. Do you think that the, the actions that India has taken so far might serve as a model to other emerging economies of how to approach, you know, being a market country? Well, personally, I am not in favor of unilateral actions. My preference would be to be have it at a multilateral level. I do understand and perhaps sympathize with some positions that the Indian revenue has taken because currently there is no consensus. And I think they do wish to make a point that there needs to be action on this. But ultimately, I do believe that if you have things like diverted profits tax in UK and Australia, if you have things like equalization levy in India, all these are basically income taxes, which you then craft to put outside tax treaties, do not give a credit 
you're going from a world of allegedly double non-taxation and clearly into a world of double taxation where you tax and do not give credit for that. Where do you see the, the consensus in this? Where can all these parties meet? I am not an advocate or, or, or in favor or espousing a particular cause, but I have done some work and I've even submitted to the OECD, so that's it's publicly available, that there is perhaps a need for recognizing that the business model has changed. The fixed place of business concept is no longer relevant. The question is what to take its place, what should be the P threshold, what should be the attribution and the transfer pricing. I don't see a problem in defining a digital P. I think the greater problem will be in attribution and transfer pricing for that. And I think that's a significant amount of work that remains to be done. Can the profit attribution be done through the arm's length standard as it's currently known? That's going to be a significant challenge because once you start attributing the P itself on formulary basis like thresholds or users, etc., etc., then how to determine attribution on an arm's length challenge is going to be, arm's length principle is going to be a challenge. You will, if you'll see the UK work, there is a tendency to get closer to formulary apportionment than probably most people want. Well, let's turn, uh, since we're talking about how you don't particularly care for unilateral actions, let's talk about the U.S. tax reform. There are many actions taken in U.S. tax reform that have affects uh, uh, business. How is that affecting uh, India and other markets that the U.S. trades with? So I'll answer this in two parts. I think, firstly, there is a concern, but the concern hasn't still sort of flowed down into India and the other jurisdictions because there is a little bit of ambiguity as to how U.S. tax law or the the act will actually pan itself out. There seems to be a a certain amount of confusion. For example, if you take the provision called BEAT, that artificially disallows payments made to offshore centers, and that could easily affect BPOs in India, etc., etc., if you cross a certain threshold. And my concern is that if that overrides Article 9 of the Indo-US Treaty, and overrides the arm's length principle that's built into Article 9, which allows the deduction provided you satisfy that principle, and still you have a threshold which is an arbitrary threshold in domestic law to override the tax treaty, then the same way that I have concerns for India unilaterally amending its domestic laws to override tax treaties, I would have the same concern if the United States does it. Well, Parse, it's been fascinating. Uh, It's been great talking to you. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you. And now, coming attractions. Each week we preview commentary that will be appearing in the Tax Notes magazines. Jasper Smith is back in our Falls Church studio to tell us what we can look forward to. In Tax Notes, Rodney Mock and David Chamberlain address Section 199A's effects on U.S. job creation, and Andrew Bishop and Daniel Brunello examine what a net unrealized appreciation election is and when to make one. In State Tax Notes, Frederick Nicely and Nikki Dobay encourage states to adopt the Multi-State Tax Commission's proposed model statute for reporting federal changes following a partnership audit. And William Hayes Wiseman argues that tax increases alone will not provide California with the revenue it needs to repay its debts. And in Tax Notes International, Arthur Cockfield examines global digital taxation efforts in light of growing dissatisfaction with the taxation of values associated with global transactions, while a practitioner from EY Mexico considers whether the existing mechanisms in Mexico's tax system can effectively tax the digital economy. You can read all that and a lot more in the December 10th editions of Tax Notes, State Tax Notes, and Tax Notes International. Well, that's it from Mumbai. You can follow me on Twitter at TaxStew, that's S-T-E-W. 
If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at taxanalyst.org. And as always, if you like what we're doing here, please leave a rating or review wherever you download this podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Notes Talk is a production of Tax Notes. You can learn more about us by visiting www.taxnotes.com backslash products. When major media wants the straight story, they turn to Tax Notes. Thank you for listening, and join us again for another edition of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Analyst Inc. does not provide tax advice or tax preparation services. Nothing in the podcast constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice. A full disclaimer is included in the transcript.